a moment before we have meetings, somebody will, will talk about something outside of work just to make sure, you know, we're uh, conscious of other people's feelings, their thoughts, things that's going on in their lives. And it's just, a, it's just a moment to reflect and take care of each other. You know, we try to live it every day, enable diversity and equality across the company. The big thing to me is we're not stats, we're not numbers, we're just quotas. You know, we all have a voice, we have a say. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Well, hello, all of you dear listeners. This is Rachel, and we are so excited you're joining us today. And today we have with us the one, the only Courtney. Welcome back, Courtney. Thank you so much, Rachel. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to laughing and learning today. You know, that is my favorite pastime. So speaking of amazing things, today we are talking with the one and only Daryl Epley. So first and foremost, thank you so much, Daryl, for your service to our country. So appreciated. And for those that may not know, he is an Army veteran, and now he gets to play as a senior talent acquisition manager for Cyber and Intelligence Business Unit at Jacobs. So thanks for being with us today, Daryl. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on here. So Daryl, um, one of the things that we know about you is that you've really come full circle in your career because you started as an Army recruiter in Summersville, West Virginia, if I have that correct. And now you are in the recruiting for top cleared talent at Jacobs. So what a journey. And we love to hear you fill in some of the exciting adventures and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's, it's probably uh, more exciting than you think it is because I actually didn't want to be an Army recruiter. I got selected to do it. So I was told, hey, you're going to be an Army recruiter. Um, so I did it for almost three years, and then I couldn't wait to go back and do what I actually came in the Army to do, which is be a scout. So it's a combat arms MOS. So you know, I finished out my career doing that. Uh, I got out and I did some counter ID training with Booz Allen Hamilton, and then I ended up moving down to uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, and got on with a company called Constellus. And I reached out to them, and they're like, well, you know, we're recruiting for people with your type of background. We'd like to bring you on as a recruiter. Uh, and that's kind of how I got into DOD uh, contract recruiting. Did that for a few years and then uh, went through a few other companies before I came over here to, uh, to Jacobs. You kind of went kicking and screaming into recruiting, but now I bet you can't imagine life outside of it, right? <laughs> Well, speaking of recruiting, I know that Jacobs has over 300 cleared job openings. So what type of cleared positions are y'all really looking for to fill in the cyber and Intel business unit? We have a ton of openings, like you said, uh, SharePoint developers, software engineers, software developers, a lot of Intel positions, system admin, uh, data engineers. So those, those are probably the, the heavier side of what we have open uh, right now in our business unit. And so thinking of those positions, where are they primarily located? Yeah, most of them are up here in the DMV. So, you know, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, supporting all the customers up here. We have a few uh, positions out in Georgia, Texas, Colorado, but the majority of them are up here. I was just thinking about when you said the DMV area and how so many people who are not from the D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, Virginia area 
DMV means something completely different and not really what people want. Anyway, uh, kind of cracks me up to think about that. And uh, yes, I will testify as someone who resides in Louisiana. I heard DMV and and had a little bit of breakout and sweats over here. Um, definitely not a fun place to be. But getting back to business here, Jacobs is the prime on so many of the contracts. So for somebody who's coming out of the military and they're not necessarily familiar with all of the nuances, what is the difference between a prime and a sub on a contract? How can you kind of explain that for those folks? That's a great question. And, and everybody knows government contracts can be, be tricky to navigate, but the, the prime of the contract means you're the owner of that contract. You're the uh, lead company that went after that contract. Uh, depending on the size of the contract, you'll have multiple subs on there. So that just really means you're the owner of that contract. And, uh, you know, it's on that company to be able to fill and staff those positions where the subs can completely fill them or not. It's on the prime to, to have these contracts uh, and be able to fill those positions. I have a, another semi-related question here about some of those prime contracts, too. Is there any chance that you're able to upgrade clearances or get polygraphs for people? It's tough, but it happens. Uh, we have some positions where... You know, if it's full, full scope poly, it's probably not going to happen. If it's a CI poly, we do have some positions where you can come on over the TSSCI and then you can get the poly later. Uh, we even have a, a few positions where we'll sponsor clearances. We're doing a lot of uh, innovation stuff on the front end. So, we, you know, we're putting stuff together to present to the government. It's not classified until the government buys in on it. Uh, then once they do, we want to, uh, you know, continue that with the process, it'll go classified. So it gives us a chance to maybe bring on a few people without clearances. They can work the unclear side until their clearances come across and then uh, work the clear stuff as well. That's awesome. So we did talk a little bit about the remote positions and, and kind of that hybrid remote where a job seeker only has to go to the client like part of the time. So tell us a little bit more about that. And, you know, are there any associated geographic restrictions associated with that? Yeah, so that's another great question. I, I think the being able to bring in uncleared talent uh, and make them cleared uh, gives us that opportunity to do uh, the hybrid piece. So uh, we've got a few of those. Uh, it depends on the contract in the program and the relationship they have with the client, whether we can do hybrid, but we do have those positions. We have some remote, um, you know, it's, it's harder with cleared work if it's straight cleared work to do remote because the client wants you on site. Um, there are some restrictions um, on some programs. They'd like to have them within two, two and a half hours, but up, you know, up here, that could be 10 miles away. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking normal everyday traffic, you know, living within two two hours, um, just due to them having to come in and do cleared work eventually. But those options are there. That is fantastic. And it really is one of the top questions that people ask. And one of the other things that can come up for folks is really a question of culture. Is this a great fit for me or not a great fit for me as a job seeker? So you mentioned on our little pre-call before this, that Jacobs has what's called a culture of caring and that you're really not a traditional defense contractor. Please tell us more about that. Yeah. So it was, it was something I learned when I got here that when we have meetings before we, you know, taking care of business and discussing issues that we have, we always had this culture of caring moment where, uh, you know, it depends on what's going on in the world, what we talk about. It could be something that's related to a holiday, like, you know, firework safety. So it's just a a moment before we have meetings where, you know, somebody will, will talk about something outside of work just to make sure, you know, we're, we're being 
uh, conscious of other people's feelings, their thoughts, uh, things that's going on in their lives. And it's just, a, it's just a moment to reflect and take care of each other. You know, we try to live it every day, enable diversity and equality across the company. The big thing to me is we're not stats, we're not numbers or just quotas. You know, we're people that, you know, we all have a voice, we have a say, and we can't do our job just by ourselves. We need a collective ideas and thoughts to make us more diverse and put those that knowledge together and move forward in the company. And it's just, it's just a really cool environment to be in. So talking about that culture of caring, you came out of the military, which has a very different kind of culture to it. So for those that might be in following suit, that they're coming out of military and coming into Jacobs, how would you explain that culture in a way that those folks would understand it? Yeah, I think you first got to approach them about work-life balance because of being in the military, you don't have a lot of that. So uh, to get them to understand, hey, you're not going to be working every weekend or you're not going to be deploying for six or seven months. Uh, traditionally, you're not going to have to go to a field problem for 30 days is understanding, hey, you're going to see your family on the weekends. You're going to have that time to be with your family. And, we, you know, we encourage that, obviously. Uh, so I think that's the first step is to let them be aware that they're not going to be, you know, the regimented military work schedule like they have here. Um, and then I think it goes back to what we talked about before, the culture caring and just everybody having a voice here is everything's not dictated by one person. It's a collective task and thoughts of, of everybody here at Jacobs to to decide what we're going to do and how we're going to do things. So it's 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 something they got to get adjusted to. I even had to get adjusted to it a little bit, just coming from other companies that weren't built the same way. So it's 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 a it's a cool place to be. I appreciate so much that you've kind of pulled the curtains back a little bit, like given us just a little sneak peek about the culture and and some of those different pieces. But if we're just going to get to the nitty gritty, we know you're in competition and stiff competition with some other, you know, fantastic organizations out there. And we're all hunting for that same great talent, right? That is that is the prize out there is that fantastic talent. So what are some of the things that you highlight when you're talking to candidates about Jacobs that really you think kind of differentiates or sets you apart? from the pack. Yeah, I really think it's about the knowledge the recruiters have in their pocket with them. The, we want them to give all our candidates, not just the veterans, every detail they possibly can about the position, what they can expect, what they're going to be doing a day in the life of. I think feeding them that information uh, gives them a sense of uh, security when they're coming on. And, you know, what we're telling them is reality when they get here. So I think we need to feed candidates, whether they're veterans or not, every bit of information we can about the company, the culture, what the program consists of, instead of just, you know, hey, here's the position, here's a salary, here's the location, you're going to start on this day. I mean, you need to really feed them. Uh, so it sets up real expectations when they show up on day one. It's what they thought it was going to be. Transparency. It goes a long way. I love it. So important. When you and I were talking earlier, Dale, you also mentioned some specific things for the transitioning military. So in addition to kind of the onboarding that everybody goes through, what are some of the other things that might be included for the transitioning military folks to really help them get on board? Yeah, I think uh, we talked before, there's no one over the world resume. You really got to tailor your resume to the job you're you're applying for. Because, you know, we take those requirements out of the contract that we bid on and we have to put people in those positions that have those requirements. So really looking at the position um, making sure you're meeting those requirements and your resumes reflects that. I, I think another good piece of information for those coming out of the military is going back to understanding contracting. You know, who's the prime? How many years are left on this contract? Because, you know, most contracts are around five years and you're only guaranteed that 
that first year, every year after that's an option year. So helping them understand that, that piece as well. I, th- I think that's very valuable. So and it'll, not only for us, but when they, if they have that knowledge and no matter what company they go to and, and uh, are applying for positions, they have those kind of questions they can ask. So they can understand what they're doing. And there's nothing wrong with being a sub on a contract. There's nothing wrong with being a prime. We're all doing you know, great work up here for national security. It's just having that understanding and knowledge about contracting. So you can expect your expectations to be set, you know, hey, okay, in a couple of years, I need to start looking for other work because it's contracts in it. So I just think it goes back to the, to give them all the information they need to make sure that they're making the right decision um, and understand what they're getting into. So one of my favorite things to talk about is I think all anyone that's ever recruited, we all need to get together and just have a big, long conversation and write a book about just candidates say the darndest things, right? There's just, why would you choose to share that? I don't know. But I heard in particular, the rumor is that you have some pretty epic fail stories when it comes to interviewing. Would you mind spilling some tea and telling us a little bit about those failed interview stories? Yeah, it has nothing to do with Jacob. So this is probably coming over here. So, And it wasn't anything that anybody said. It was more actions than anything. So, uh, you know, previous company, you know, we had a hiring manager, program manager conducting an interview on team. So everybody had their video on and uh, you could tell the candidate was in his bedroom with his bedroom in the background. Uh, as the interview was progressing, they, we started noticing there was somebody in the bed and probably towards the end of it, uh, his girlfriend actually stood up and she wasn't dressed appropriately in, for the interview. So I, th- I think you kind of got to be you know, aware of your surroundings when you turn on the camera. Check your backgrounds, friends. Here's your, here's your free advice today. Check your backgrounds and make sure there's nobody in the room when you're interviewing. But we don't want to leave on a bad note there because I know, you know, while there may have been those saying and doing the darndest things, there's also some really good tips that you might have for just how someone can succeed in an interview besides not having their girlfriend in the room with them. Um, <laughs> during the interview. Do you have any tips on how you could really win at an interview? Everybody tells you to learn about the company that you're interviewing for. Um, and I think that's that's critical. And I think they should have questions because we all know it's a candidate's world right now. The candidates aren't the only ones being interviewed. The program manager is being interviewed. The hiring manager, the company is. So I think, you know, if you go into an interview and are asking questions about Jacobs, like you guys are asking the cultures, I think that goes a long ways that, you know, that person's really interested in what we're doing, you know, what we are, the type of people we're looking here at Jenkins. So I think having that really shows that you're interested in coming to work for us. And I I think that's, that's key to have and laugh. I've I've actually started doing a few things. So uh, when I was bringing on some recruiters here, I I stopped calling them interviews because I think people get kind of like, you know, they get scared or nervous about interviews. So I just started setting them up as discussions is what I call them. And, and it seemed to let people relax a little bit because they didn't feel like it was quite an interview and they were getting it, you know, shot with a bunch of questions. But yeah, I, I just think, you know, understand the company and what they do and, and having some questions for that company. So you can make sure it's who you want to work for. That's a great example. And it really does demonstrate that culture of caring kind of from that first conversation or discussion, taking that pressure off of having to be in the hot seat. So well done. 
So Daryl, this was some fantastic information. You have made everyone want to come to a culture of caring, but we would be remiss if we did not ask, how in the heck can they get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, my uh, email address is D-A-R-R-E-L-L dot E-P-L-E-E at Jacobs.com, and you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, Daryl had some amazing stories. I had so much fun just hearing a little bit about the culture of caring. Such a great concept for an organization to have one where it's like, you know what, before we get down to business, let's get down to the important business of employees. And I love that. I think he referenced it as not stats or not numbers, but we're humans. And it's such a lost concept anymore. So I loved, loved just hearing about that. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of loved that story, the uh, epic fail story when it comes to interviews. I don't know. But what about you, Courtney? I think that was one of my favorite epic fail stories I've ever heard. Uh, just fantastic. And he really did have such great information, too. But one of my favorite things was when he talked about simply changing the word from interview to discussion, calling it that and how that changed everything and how people even approach that conversation, how they reacted and responded. And I thought that was pretty brilliant and also points back to it's about people and finding solutions that really work for people at Jacobs. And I love that. So thank you everybody in the audience for listening to the entire show today. If you are still here listening to us, we'd love it if you would go subscribe and rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Bye.